0: Welcome to Podland. Podland is sponsored by Riverside.fm, the easiest way to record podcasts and video interviews in studio quality from anywhere just by using a web browser. We're using it now. And by Buzzsprout, used over 100,000 podcasters like us to host, promote, and track your podcast. It's the 24th of June, 2021. I'm James Cridland, the editor of Podnews.net here in Australia.
1: And I'm Sam Sethi, the editor of Sam Talks Technology here in the UK.
2: And I'm Nicholas Hildebrand, co-founder of Audrey, and later I'll talk about the tools to grow your podcast.
3: And I'm David Markowitz from Netflix, and later I'll be talking about companion podcasts.
0: They will. Podland's a weekly podcast where Sam and I delve deeper into the week's podcasting news.
1: So this week, James, the story that seems to be everywhere is Facebook Podcasts Goes Live. But there is a caveat, isn't there? There always is a caveat. It's only in the US. Yes. So now, have you had any spottings of the lesser-known Facebook podcast page?
0: Yes. It's obviously not available to 95.7% of the population. There's a fact. (laughs) So from that point of view, I was just there thinking, why would you launch something and not launch it globally, or at least launch it in all English-speaking countries, or something like that? Because otherwise, podcasts promote it. Podcasters can't say anything about it because it's not going to work in almost all of the countries where a podcast is available. So why would you do that? Really short-sighted. And also you're launching in the most crowded marketplace for podcasts in the world where things like Pandora is available, things like the iHeartRadio app is available, all this kind of stuff. Why would you launch in the most crowded marketplace in the world when your product isn't Properly there yet. It's really strange. Anyway, so have I seen it? No, because I don't live in the US. Nor do you. I've seen Alban Brooke posting a couple of screenshots of it, and it looks very nice. Thank you very much. Although Alban was saying that the audio doesn't actually play, which is—it's a thing. If you're going to make a podcast out, then make the audio play is probably a good thing. And what we don't know yet is there's stuff in there in the terms and conditions about caching and all of that we don't know how that works we do know though that there are comments aren't the sandwich you're very excited by comments
1: less excited by than the fact that they're there it just reminds me i think facebook could be onto a winner here the reason i say it is bloggers like i was a big blogger back in the day mm. and we were on our wordpress and we were working hard to try and build an audience and that feels very much like podcasting today to me we work hard we produce our podcasts we try and grow our audience and then along came this thing called Facebook and suddenly comments were there and people had a built-in audience and bloggers just felt like if I'm working so hard I want feedback and that feedback came through the comments section on Facebook and I wonder whether when this goes live if people have got their groups and they've got their pages and they've got a community and they're getting feedback loops through comments that people are going, well, I don't need other web pages or other hosting sites for my Mm. podcasts because I want the interactivity. And I guess we all do it because we need or want the
0: interactivity. That was always the thing about uh, SoundCloud, wasn't it? That they had those uh, beautiful Mm. comments and they were comments in the audio at the right point. So when the drums came in, you could comment, brilliant drums or whatever. And and so being able to do that, you can do that at the moment in video, in Facebook video. So if you can do that in podcasts as well, then great. Unfortunately, it will probably be within the walled garden of Facebook. But even so, it'd be quite nice to have, I think. Otherwise, I have to say, I, I'm not sure what the opportunity is. Because what do you say, listen to us on Facebook, but then how easy is to be found. What I've uh, also learned, by the way, is that yes, it's launched in the US. I haven't yet seen a screenshot of it working on Android, which is about 45% of the US. Also, what I've been told is that quite a few people still can't see The podcast tab at all. So it appears as a tab in your podcasts page, but quite a lot of people apparently can't even see that podcasts tab yet. So you need the very latest version of the app. You need to be turned on somehow as a listener, and they have only been inviting podcasts on an invite-only basis. We're not listed, obviously. Pod News isn't listed. Helen Zaltzman, interestingly, who is a Brit who lives in the UK, who does a very good podcast called The Illusionist, which is well worth a listen, she has been invited to get her podcast into Facebook, even though she can't actually... Consume it within Facebook because she's not in the US. <laughs> it's a really strange rollout. And by the way, I haven't heard anything from any Facebook PR. About any of this. But it is very different to the Spotify rollout that they announced a couple of months ago. This is proper within Facebook doing it properly. As I say, I'm not sure it's properly yet. They, of course, launched podcasts, but they've also launched live audio rooms. But live audio rooms is for the US only and it's only available on iOS. And it's their Clubhouse clone and I'm sure it's very good. I haven't seen anybody using that yet. But again, Facebook is clearly working on things, but whether or not they're actually rolling it out.
1: Hmm. I guess they should have used that test bed of Australia. I thought that your comment on Twitter blue was quite cool. There's only five million of us, it won't matter. Nobody'll notice we're a good test bed. <laughs>
0: That's pretty well exactly how the thing works. <laughs> Okay, Apple
1: had similar launch issues with Apple Channels, and we might touch on that later on. But assuming that Facebook managed to get this off the ground and make it a global launch eventually, they have a 2 billion global audience Mm. in the platform. Let's say they managed to get it going. And One thing I didn't hear you mention was the fact... Will it work on desktop? We've talked about the app only. The reason I ask is because I've been using one of the video templates that they have. they standard built-in templates for my radio station. Except now I can't move the tabs. When you click the edit button, they don't rearrange. So um, right. the order yeah. is awful. And so, do you think they'll bring it to desktop, first question? Uh,
0: Maybe. I think a lot of Facebook's traffic is on mobile, and so therefore, why wouldn't they focus on mobile? It may well come onto desktop as well, but I think it's probably a mobile-only thing for now.
1: And now, extrapolate forward. Assume that they do get it right, because I think they're taking the RSS feed uh, is the way that they'll ask Mm -hmm. you to consume content into Facebook. How do you think... It will work. Do you think they will drive an audience there more? And what will be the effect on other platforms?
0: I suspect that what Facebook will do is much as what Amazon podcasts might well do, is it's reaching people that aren't yet listening to podcasts. It's reaching a new audience. My parents are on Facebook. My mother in law is on Facebook. Facebook is a catch-all thing that reaches a lot of different people in a lot of different life stages. And so it may work really well at attracting new audiences to podcasts that haven't yet found it particularly easy to get hold of them. And so from that point of view, I think it's great. Would people use the Facebook app as their main podcast app? I'd be really surprised if they did, but they could do. But I'd be really surprised if they did. But will it be a good introduction to podcasts for a generation of people that haven't yet really understood what they're about and haven't yet consumed a bunch of them. Yes, it could well be very useful for that sort of thing. It might not be good for the likes of you and me, Sam, but I think we're different. And I don't think necessarily that we're the types of people that Facebook care about.
1: No, they're going for the mass. They're not going for the tech audience. Mm. Okay. Let's hope that they launch it sooner rather than later across other countries. And then we can actually try it ourselves and see what we think of it. Now, Talking of other platforms than the main two, Apple and Spotify, this week, James, you caught up with the guys at Netflix.
0: I did. And Netflix has been doing podcasts and has done for quite some time. They've mainly been producing companion podcasts to shows available on the platform. The Crown is an obvious one where something else produced some brilliant backstage podcasts and you could hear the actors and you could hear the costume lady and you could hear all of this kind of stuff. But they're doing something a little bit more interesting now. They're doing a podcast around Stranger Things, which is a great show available on Netflix. And i I caught up with David Markovitz at Netflix to talk about what the company is doing with podcasts and about the new Stranger Things podcast.
3: This one is, I think, especially interesting because it's still within that world of companion podcasts, but it is a companion podcast to a novel that is coming out in June. And the novel is an extension of the Stranger Things world. So we're getting multiple steps in building you know, the Stranger Things universe. When this novel was announced, they were like, oh, what can we do around marketing? Because all of the companion podcasts are essentially, in some form, a kind of marketing vehicle. And so they were like, what can we do to help promote this book? And they were like, let's do a fiction podcast. Let's take the story of the book and go even further. So it was an interesting exercise because you still need to stay within the plot of the book and you need to find like where there are holes in that plot to go deeper without introducing too much other story essentially both because you can't change Stranger Things. And because you can't disrupt the plot of the book where you're like, wait, the town caught on fire? That's not talked about. So they had to complement each other. So it was a great exercise in finding that white space and being able to fill it in with a full story, but that also slots into the story of the book. It's multi-platform storytelling at its best.
0: And it's uh, relatively unusual because it's a companion podcast to a TV series or a TV franchise, but it's also audio fiction, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it is. We are working with Lauren Shippen, who created Bright Sessions and worked on Passenger List and Marvels. And so she wrote and directed this and leaned on her creative talent and, and just to let her, like, here, run, go with this. And we got to work with Maya Hawk, who plays Robin in the series. So she got to you know play the role in the podcast as well. So that was very exciting. And, and it's where I enjoy... That, that idea of what can you do with a companion podcast that feels like it's still its own content. And, and in that way, look, there are entire Marvel movies that are essentially companion movies to other Marvel movies. So really thinking of it in those terms.
0: But it's a very different thing to um, finding an actor who was on the show and them telling you amusing stories about uh, what happened uh, in the backlog. That's been the standard companion podcast up until now. And I think it's interesting seeing what you're doing is quite different there.
3: Absolutely. And we do those too. Those are great. People love those. And because it was a novel novel, that we were working with. And we were like, what would you want that companion to be? And we've done one fiction podcast before and really wanting to do more. This was our chance to take that. And especially also that not only does Maya have a fan base and Stranger Things obviously has a fan base, but Lauren also has her fan base within that audio fiction world, Mm -hmm. taking advantage of all of those to keep expanding the reach. And what's also interesting is that this story, while it's a Stranger Things universe, it, is taking place in Hawkins during what would be season one where no one who wasn't those main characters in the series know what's going on. So there's really very little supernatural element within this story, which is also fun. It's just character building. They're Hmm. not that supernatural.
0: So is this marketing for new people who don't have Netflix yet? Is this marketing for people who have Netflix and you want to keep them subscribed? What's the strategy behind these companion podcasts?
3: I I see it where Netflix and podcasting overlap is this abundance of niches. There's no single audience. There are many audiences. And within Netflix, we have almost these sub-brands where we're talking to specific audiences and using our podcasts in a very similar way. I think it's more super-serving the fans. I can't imagine going to a companion podcast, for example, where you haven't already watched For All Mankind. Will Mm. I go listen to that podcast without watching? Maybe. Maybe people are. But I do think that for the most part, I think people are coming to the podcast and after they've watched and want to go deeper. So that's where it's interesting because it's still within this marketing lens. But that lens is really about super serving the fans and not discovery. I'd be curious to know if people are listening to podcasts and being mm-hmm. like, I need to go watch this film that this podcast is. About. I, I don't know if that's happening, but yeah. maybe. I
0: mean, there are 3.9 million podcasts out there. <laughs> so it's not necessarily happened on that one if they weren't aware of it, but no, that's right. interesting. There's obviously been uh, plenty of um, of ink spilled about what Netflix might be doing in terms of podcasts in the future. Is that something you're you're able to talk about, or or is that just wait and see?
3: It's a lot of wait and see. A lot of the ink spilled is not... If you really read the ink that's being written, it's saying that Netflix has been making podcasts and plans to continue making podcasts, which is the case. We have, we've been making podcasts for three years and we plan on continuing. The podcast team sits in more of that marketing arm of the company. We're making podcasts in the way that HBO is making podcasts and Mm. Amazon Video is making podcasts. Do we have ambitions for more? I can tell you what I want. I can't tell you what the company wants, really because I don't, you know, have those meetings. People aren't, you know, coming to me saying, we should be, it, it's, mm. that's not happening. It might be happening in other rooms. No <laughs> one's talking to me about it. So but they do want to keep making more. They do want to keep expanding what audiences we can talk to, how we can talk to audiences. I don't think that we're going to be diving into original podcasts soon. Of original meaning, like, let's make our own narrative nonfiction yeah. podcast. Not yet. We don't do any advertising on our podcasts. Mm. And the goal is far and wide. So, we really do want it to reach as much of an audience. And we do have other podcasts that aren't companion. We have something like Okay Now Listen, which is really a talk show talking Mm. to specific audiences. Um, I think
0: one of the things that I've always been uh, fascinated by, given um, audio. description, I've been fascinated by the amount of great TV stuff that there is. Maybe not movies, but great TV shows. Uh, America's Got Talent being an obvious example. Um, And uh, whose line is it anyway? They are podcasts. They just happen to have pictures associated with them. I'm really curious to find out whether in the future... TV companies that are producing video actually take some of the back catalog that they have and remasters that for audio only.
3: I think it's a really interesting discussion. And this is public knowledge that their internal talks about what if we created audio only mode. And I think that one of the reasons that discussion even comes up is people are listening to podcasts on YouTube. I, I think people are mm-hmm. listening to comedy shows on Netflix and they have it playing on the TV somewhere while they go do the dishes. I think we know that's happening. Obviously, we don't have hard data on it, but I think that's essentially already happening. There are shows on Netflix that you can just listen to. You don't have to watch. So it would be interesting, like you are saying, what would it look like to really intentionally go in that direction a little more?
0: Rebel Robin, Surviving Hawkins, debuts next Tuesday, June the 29th. Uh, David Markovitz, thank you so much for joining
3: us. James, it's been such a pleasure. Keep doing what you're doing. David from Netflix.
1: Now, James, I had a a little left-field thought during the week about Apple. Would... Apple start to deprecate podcasts with adverts in, it in favor of podcasts that are being pushed as subscriptions. And the reason I said that was if they're making money from subscriptions, wouldn't they just want to promote those? Because clearly Apple don't care whether we or anyone else are sponsored or have adverts in their podcasts. Will they start to push those down? Because those would probably be free podcasts. Whereas if we made our podcast subscription, we probably would have to remove any ads, which we don't have in ours, but if we did have ads. So will Apple start to promote subscriptions, podcasts over advertising podcasts?
0: I wonder whether or not they're doing that already. Just having a quick flick through the Apple Podcasts browse function, there's an awful lot of links to channels in there. There's an awful lot of links to channels which have paid for extra services. They're really going big on the channels. And one would assume, let's just say that there were two podcasts that were equally as good, but one of them was available as a paid podcast that Apple would make money out of and one of them wasn't. Which would Apple choose? I think I know which Apple would choose. It would be the one that earns them money. So my guess is that Apple will be keen to promote as much as possible those new shows that do earn the money. I mean, featured channels at the moment, for me in Australia, at the very least. Yes, there's some free stuff in there, but there is also Luminary in there. There's Pushkin. There's the Athletic UK. I'm not quite sure why we get the Athletic UK, but still, but there we are. There's uh paid for stuff from Headspace and Radiotopia. They're very clearly promoting the paid for stuff already. And it wouldn't surprise me if they carried on doing that in the future.
1: I wonder whether Again, one of the things I've done is I've set up a channel like you, and it's working pretty well as a channel. Obviously, the one big caveat is you can't subscribe to a channel; you can only subscribe to individual podcasts in the channel. I wanted to do, and I've had to set up a playlist in Spotify to try and mimic the channel effect in Apple. Again, wondering what your thoughts are. Will you start to see Spotify looking over the fence and going, "Oh"? money over those hills. Let's start to bring in subscriptions and let's start to create channels or
0: whatever they're going to. I think there are two things here. There's channels and then there's the paid for stuff. And you can do one or you can do both of those. You don't have to have a channel in order to have a paid for thing. I am told that we have listeners in Apple, by the way, and you (laughs) said that thing last week of, wouldn't it be really cool if there was a subscribe or all button in a in a channel, and uh, the good folks at Apple may well be working on that now. Oh <laughs> yes, so who knows? But anyway, I I think Apple is very clearly they've recognised that there's an opportunity here for them to earn money out of this. Channels are nice in that they're a good way of merging similar shows together. I think one of the downsides with Apple channels is that, of course, you can only add something to a channel if it's owned by the same Apple ID or if you have access Mm. to it. So there won't be any playlists in the same way that you find on Podchaser or Listen Notes. And I've said in the past, what they've done with their subscriptions and with their channels has been a very good, very clever plan to move the industry forward. And I think it's very good. Will Spotify want to copy that? Spotify theoretically already making it available to pay to subscribe to podcasts, although US only. So we don't get to see any of that. Bless them. And it's a very different experience. It's not as built into the app because, weirdly, Apple won't let them. So you end up with this sort of strange thing where Spotify is selling a subscription to a podcast, but you have to get out of the Spotify app in order to actually buy it. So it won't necessarily work as well. But I think it's interesting seeing how different companies are doing this. And there are some companies that are just producing ad-free versions. There are some companies that are producing additional uh, content. There are some companies that are producing the full interview instead of the edited thing that you hear on most of the shows. So I think it's really interesting just seeing how different individual podcast publishers are working out how to use this better.
1: I think it's slowly catchy monkey. I think there will be a point where we the consumer are just become trained to accept a paid podcast and then people won't have to do these extras and Uh, all these other gimmicks to try and make you pay for a subscription.
0: By the way, you've got affiliate deals as well. So if you want to, you run a website that is talking about great new podcasts to go and have a listen to. You can actually make some money out of that. You can link using your affiliate code to uh, the Apple Podcasts page. And I think you get half of the first month's subscription money. So that's pretty good. So my suspicion there is that I think you'll probably see a bit more of those sorts of podcast reviews, podcast recommendation websites. Because actually you can, for the first time, turn those into cash. But again, you have to be careful because otherwise it'll just end up being here are some more paid for podcasts that you can listen to. And just by way of openness, Pod News does that completely automatically. So any Apple Podcasts link on Pod News automatically gets the affiliate link added to it. And uh, because why not get some free money off Apple? Indeed. Now, uh,
1: one thing that was spotted in the Apple Podcasts app was something called stations.
0: What are stations, James? Stations sound interesting. I haven't played with them particularly much so far, but it seems to be a way of bringing different shows together in one feed so you can sit there and have a listen to lots of shows. You might want to add pod news and this show and maybe the podcast index 2.0 show. I'm only saying that for the boosts. You could add all of those three <laughs> together and you could have that as a station on your own podcast app called your podcast industry or whatever it is that you wanted to end up doing. That's pretty cool. There's a big long tutorial on the Apple Insider website.
1: In summary, I guess it's playlists, isn't it? Is that the best way of describing it?
0: I think so. I think it's Smart playlists. I use smart playlists a little bit on pocket casts where, where you can set up some quite complex playlists where you can include particular shows, only only include the last two shows, only if they've not been played yet. So I suspect it's a little bit like that, but it's worthwhile having a look. And I did notice stations in the Apple Podcasts app a while back, and I thought, oh, I should probably have a look into that, and never did. So kudos to (laughs) Apple Insider. Excellent. Now,
1: data everywhere. It's time to have a look around what's going on in the podcasting world, and who's listening to what and where. The Reuters Institute Digital News Report of 2021 was released yesterday. It gives podcast consumption figures for 20 countries in a comparable manner, and says that 31% of people, 302
0: million, access to podcasts in the last month. Now, James, delve deeper into this for me. So I worked out that 302 million, by the way, that's the amount of people in the 20 countries that they have had a look at podcasting, which is quite a nice figure, isn't it? 302 million people listening to podcasts every single month. Yes. So they've um, had a look at a bunch of data around this. It's good data in that we don't really have comparable information in this way from any other data. Yes, there's the Edison Infinite Dial research, but that's only in the US and Australia and Canada. It's not even in the UK yet. So therefore... Those are really the only three countries that you've been able to compare. So it's great actually seeing the data here, which has a little bit more information around podcasting and podcast consumption for 20 countries. Ireland is number one with 41%. The UK is last in their list of 20 with only 22% of people listening to podcasts in the last month. They do, though, say that might be because people are using BBC Sounds, for example, and then they've assumed that's radio and not podcasts. So it may not be quite as simple as all of that. But it asks a bunch of other questions, such as how do you find new podcasts to go and have a listen to? The most popular thing in the US is recommendations from friends. The most popular thing in Europe is searching the internet, which is interesting because that points to Google Podcasts maybe being a big thing in Europe. And also it looks at why people don't use podcasts. And the number one everywhere is, I don't have enough time. And so maybe shorter podcasts. Now,
1: just wondering, with Ireland being at the top, thank God it's not the Eurovision Song Contest, but clearly it might be because England's at the (laughs) bottom. Nilpwa, they've done it as a percentage, but having worked out that there's 302 million, what is 41% of the Irish population. If you redid that by actual numbers of listeners... Do you know where we might sit?
0: Yes, look, a piece of paper there where i actually worked it out so if you were to have a look at uh, monthly listeners in terms of millions then ireland is there at 1.9 million but you've got the uk at 14.7 million because there are rather a lot more of you lot in the uk and the us is number one obviously with 120 million let's do this very quickly you've got the us at number one with 120 million at number two is germany with 20 million then you have you have Italy with 18 million France with 18 million Spain with 18 million and so on so actually yes it is different if you look at the total numbers and maybe it's lovely that Norway is number 4 but actually, they've only got 1.9 million there. So does 1.9 million really move the needle? I don't know. But interesting data. I'm glad I didn't throw that piece of paper away. <laughs> I just feel like Alan Fluff Friedman just popped into the
1: room there with the chart. <laughs> Not half. Nobody
0: in America will understand that.
1: Okay. Now, more data. Nielsen have suggested that light podcast listeners who listen three times or less per month ah that's what a light podcast listener is yes now make up half of all podcast listeners.
0: Nielsen's data is interesting. I think I'm about to make myself uh, an enemy of Nielsen because I'm going to write something for my radio newsletter about some of their radio numbers james.crit.land if you want to get that one Anyway, Nielsen says that there's an awful lot of people who only listen to one or two um, shows per month. I've been pointing this out from the Edison Research Infinite Dial numbers for a while. What Edison Research say is they come up with a an average. And I think the average is you know either three or four, maybe even five. But actually, when you have a look at it, most people only listen to one or two shows per week or per month. And that's a real opportunity, I think, for us. Because I think if we can convert those people, they already know what podcasts are. They're already listening to to podcasts. Let's just get them to listen to more. The other thing that that Nielsen said, which I liked, was 42% of all podcast listeners listen to comedy. So comedy is a good genre. And the one that has gained the most listeners since November, up by 20%, is fiction podcasts. And fiction is, you know, I've been banging on about fiction being a growth genre for podcasts for a while. And it's good to see that Nielsen's data seems to show that. Maybe people
1: who know podcasting and use it are called light podcasts. That probably even describe maybe me sometimes because of the thing you just mentioned time being the biggest Mm. problem Mm. but also the other problem is I don't have time to go and find new podcasts I I, I end up in my little rut of tech podcasts that I listen to and that's where I stay in my comfort zone
0: yeah and
1: so I, I wonder whether going back to the Facebook comments or maybe there's other mechanisms of discovery that are needed yet, which I don't think podcasting is really supporting.
0: No, I think that's absolutely right. And I think one of the things that I was um, quite encouraged by in the BBC podcast that they put out recently called The Lazarus Heist was that they went to commercial breaks within the show, but the commercial breaks weren't commercial breaks. They were Marit Hillgraf popping up and saying, if you like this show, you'll probably like Death in Ice Valley, and there's going to be a new episode of that coming out fairly shortly, and you should go and have a listen to that. So cross-promotion and stuff like that is something that I think we all benefit from. It's probably something that we should do a little bit more in this individual show, actually. And Mm -hmm. maybe we should be linking over to Buzzcast, the podcast that Buzzsprout puts together. We should be taking clips from that and and maybe the other way around. So we should probably be doing a little bit more of that. And I think that's a great way of attracting more people to actually have a listen. And it's funny that you should mention that because a really good way of growing your podcast is to actually find more podcasts that are the same size as your own and very similar genres to your own. They're a really good place for episode swaps. They're a really good place for guests. There is actually a product which is helping with that. And I chatted to them. The company is called Audrey. And I chatted to Niklas Hildebrand, who was in a tiny little booth in their HQ in Berlin in Germany, and he told me all about what Audrey was.
2: Audrey is the only podcast community online that is completely and entirely focused on growth. By leveraging collaborations between podcasters.
0: Okay, and you're talking about growth in terms of growing podcasts?
2: Exactly. So our mantra is empowering podcast creators to own their success story. And for us, the success story can be different depending on what kind of podcast you have. If you have one with master appear, one that is more in the niche area. So real run a focus on you grow your podcast to according to the success goals that you've set for yourself. And that can be more listeners, there can be more partners, more interview guests. So it's really defined what you want to achieve, but it's really focused also on your podcast. It's not necessarily focused on anything else.
0: So this is a tool that allows you to get in touch with podcasters who are the same size as you, who are in the same niche as you, if you want to, or in similar niches. Is that the sort of thing?
2: Exactly. So one challenge we saw in various Facebook groups or online communities is Collaboration is one of the number one growth drivers if you want to look for uh, audience growth and reach more listeners because other advertising opportunities are a bit tricky, like Facebook tends to be very expensive and very not ideal for audio. So we created this platform, which is only podcasters or like a database that you can look for a real partner. So you can say, okay, I'm in this niche, I'm looking for an interview guest from that niche there you can do it. If it's a lot of the podcast, I want to give a shout out to a person that has a similar audience and they do the same, then you can find them on Audrey.
0: And, um, Pod news is in there, although Podland, this podcast isn't, so I should probably go and fix that. But you have things like how many people get your podcast every single week, so you can actually match in terms of sizes. You've got a ton of information about that. And so once you find other podcasts, then it's just as simple as sending them a message, is it?
2: Exactly. It's usually you can even do more. So we encourage people to send a proposal request. So we have a templatized kind of user flow, so if you find someone you can just send them a message, or the easier way to get to where you want, you just tell them what you would like to do. So you tell them, oh, I would like to have you as an interview guest, but... In return, I would like to have a shout-out for my podcast. So then you make it really easy for the other party that might not be aware of you to understand what you're looking for, what they can expect in return. And then it's all about you guys to figure out how to make that collaboration happen. There's a chat functionality, and you can take it from there. But it's really like a guided partnership.
0: So what's the business model here? Do you take money from us, or how does that work?
2: No, right now, Audrey is completely free. has been since its inception. And there's currently not a way to give us money. So even if you wanted to give back to us, there's currently no option. Uh, it's a conscious choice. So we want to work on a model that makes sense for a lot of podcasters and the main chunk of podcasters. Ellipsin published a study the other day is at very tiny. 3% of podcasters have more than 6,700 views per or listens per episode. So we want to build a model that ideally scales with the success and the growth of the podcast, not just asking for a fee as a member so we don't want to rush it before we have a model where we feel like this growth actually our business model is aligned with the growth growth of a podcaster and we have some VC funding so we are have investors that are on the same side as us and say it makes no sense to rush us any kind of Revenue sources if it doesn't really Hmm. scale well with what we try to ultimately build.
0: So how long have you been going then?
2: So the platform we launched in March of last year, so it's been what one year and three months. And we've started building the actual platform end of 2019. So we send out the first emails, large scale to podcasts. Like, Is this something you would even be interested in? While building it, understanding with bit what the problems and challenges are. And then the first prototype was launched in, in March. And since then, we've added a bunch of features, gotten a nice facelift. It looks way prettier now than it did back But well, that's been a bit over a year.
0: It's uh, always nice to give something a a bit of a visual uh, refresh to make it look a little bit uh, smarter. So what sort of podcasters have you helped over the past 18 months or so?
2: In terms of stories, uh, of success stories, we have some on our website. So if you want to check them out, anyone can read them. We publish them. And we have a few stories where also not necessarily about cross promotion. So I can there's a bunch on our website about cross promotion, but also other podcasters that have approached us and saying they've never had it as easy to just keep their interview schedules stocked it's just completely booked out for three months and it's so easy to just find new ones. It's great. One other podcast is actually running an online radio as well. They did an affiliate deal with the US American podcast, even though they're based in Europe. So there are also these kind of partnerships happening now. Other things that we're trying to do with connected to the Audrey platform, not necessarily through the Audrey platform, is we are putting our feelers out to sponsor different events and also put people and podcasters in positions they could not get without us necessarily. So right now we have a partnership with a publishing house in uh, New York trying to get New York Times bestselling authors on as interview guests on smaller podcasts. So there's a couple of stories that will be coming out very soon or try to build these opportunities that not necessarily only a podcast, but saying we as an aggregator of a large number of great podcasts with high quality but not necessarily that easy to discover and create opportunities that they wouldn't have without us necessarily it would be just much tougher it's just much easier for us to create these opportunities so
0: you can actually help pr companies and help people wanting to promote things to actually get out there and to get into the niche podcasts that they should be getting into
2: exactly and we're still trying to keep it as close as the value as close to the podcast as possible so for example a great interview guest that wrote a book that is popular or it's like a celebrity is still a great value for a podcaster, whereas advertising in itself for the podcast success is a completely different direction that we are not touching right now. Because there we also, we have very good relationships with large-scale advertisers that spend six figures a month on podcast advertising, but we also know how they work, how aggressive they are, and how structured, and how easily they could take advantage of Inexperienced podcasters. And also one thing, one just macroscopic thing that we want to talk about What what are we going to focus on is many podcasters will never be in a position where advertising will pay for their, let's say, their podcasting job because they'll never get to that size just based on a specificity of the podcast alone. If you're not don't have massive healing niche, then we put we would be pushing people in a direction where they think advertising is the holy grail mm-hmm. when you can probably make more money or be actually independent podcaster without advertising based on different models. And we don't want to create this push in a certain direction.
0: Now, that makes a bunch of sense. So if I'm a podcaster listening to this and I'm thinking, oh, this this uh, Audrey thing sounds like a good idea. How do they get uh, started?
2: Uh, it's pretty straightforward. If you go to Audrey.io, you can sign up and all you need is the link to your Apple podcast uh, page. And the reason why you have to use that one is because we use that link to verify you're actually the owner of the podcast. So whoever signs up with the link, you just type it in, type the email you want to sign up with. We send a verification request to the email that's specified in your RSS feed because you're the only one that can change it and have access to that. And at that point, you've verified owner of the account. Um, we get a confirmation link. You confirm it. You have access. It's pretty, pretty quick and pretty straightforward.
0: Cool. So the website is at Audrey.io. Niklas, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So the folks at Audrey with a way of uh, finding podcasts like your own to work uh, together with and maybe one way of doing some interesting podcast discovery, Sam.
1: Indeed. Now, talking about podcast discovery, I think it was just at the end of last week's show, but I don't think we've talked about it. Spotify has bought Pods, a podcast discovery platform. So maybe discovery is the next big thing.
0: Have you used Pods? What do you think? What they did is they bought it and Pods has essentially closed down instantly. But the idea was that it would uh, automatically go and grab clips of podcasts uh, so that you can promote them in other places. And of course, that works fantastically for Spotify because you could if you wanted Get a little clip of. Since you've been listening to these two podcasts, you might like this one. Here's a clip. And so I suspect that they'll be doing that sort of thing with it. So, Pods is one way of um, doing that sort of thing. There is also that uses artificial intelligence, but there's also another tool called Hark Audio, and Hark uses human beings to find clips and I was actually really excited. I had a good chat with Don McKinnon who is their CEO and we will have that next week in this very podcast. And I think it's a really good and exciting app. Annoyingly US only. They all are, aren't they. Mm. But I think it's a really good app that might really help people find new shows that they want to go and uh, have a listen to. So next week on this show you'll learn a little bit more about Hark Audio. Okay.
1: Twitter Spaces launched ticketed spaces and super follows on the back of the fact that Facebook's coming out with their Clubhouse clone. Is this yeah, the next and step forward of
0: course as well. Oh yes, and they're all yeah. recording. And yes, and they're all recording. So, I think Twitter is there. I think there's currently an arms race at the moment of who can work out the best features and who can iterate Fast enough. And one of the things that I've noticed, I'm a real fan for clicking the button on my phone that says, Are there any updates to apps? And I must click that two or three times a day. I have noticed so many updates happening for both Spotify Green Room and for the Clubhouse app. They have been updating and updating. And I find that really interesting because they are clearly iterating very quickly. And this is what uh, Twitter is obviously doing as well. And And uh, you can expect Facebook to be doing that sort of thing, too. I think it's just get your devs working as hard as they possibly can to launch new additional features. If you've been on Spotify Greenroom, it's all about the gems. And everybody's talking about gems and everybody's double tapping people's faces to give other people gems and everything else. That's a really clever, simple gamification tool that none of the others have. And it's those little touches which are going to make or break these apps, I think. So if Twitter is adding ticketed spaces, super follows, some people I gather are already playing with uh, Fireside as well. So all of that kind of stuff, really interesting to see what's going
1: I, I still suspect Clubhouse will have to be an acquisition and the one player that seems to be missing in the department. The Party is Apple or Amazon even.
0: Apple or Amazon. There is also Stereo as well, which is a live social platform. There is Reddit Talk. So Reddit already has quite a lot of these sorts of bits already in their platform. So Reddit Talk is a thing. Telegram, Voice Chat, LinkedIn are having their own LinkedIn Live Audio Rooms. There's one on Discord. There's one called Yibba. And there's also Leher and Backstage, which are both used in India as well, and Podbean Live, which I did a thing on the other week. There's a full article about this on Pod News the last couple of days, written by Jared Easley, who is from Podcast Movement, and he had a look at all of the alternatives. There are loads of these companies out there, so I, I suspect that we will see the su- survival of the fittest, or we'll see individual communities using individual things. Reddit has a very different feel than Twitter, which has a very different feel than Facebook. So a ton of these uh, services, which is worthwhile, uh, just bearing in mind and seeing what's best.
1: So just thinking it through, though, are are we seeing a change in the way that people record podcasts do you think we pre-record a podcast we edit it and then we put it out but these feel like they're going to be just live podcasts that could be literally then posted straight after Uh, A live audio session
0: And that's I think What Spotify is getting Very excited by So there is a Sports journalist Called Ariel Helwani Never heard of him But he's announced He's to do an exclusive show For Spotify's The Ringer Within Green Rooms He announced Earlier on this week That they're going to do A live show With callers Taking your questions And everything After every NBA game Or maybe NHL Or maybe some other Sports ball And it'll be made available As a podcast So it's Green Room Being used as the recording tool. And then presumably somebody is going to post-produce it, tighten it up and stick it out as a podcast. So I'm sure that we're going to see more of those sorts of things. And I suspect that there's no difference to where we are now. There are some people that will happily press the record button, record a podcast, press the stop button and then pub. And there are some very large podcast industry podcasts that work in exactly that fashion. Or there are those that actually take a little bit more time and polish it and everything else, which is what this particular show is. You do all of the editing. I think there's a bunch of that going on. So I don't suppose that it changes much, but I think it just gives people another set of uh, tools. And actually, I think Spreaker has had these sorts of tools for the last three or four years. It's probably not a particularly new thing to some people. Really interesting seeing how some of these tools are taking off. And clearly, the fact that Spotify Greenroom is like Clubhouse, but it records, is a big deal to quite a lot of people.
1: Now, a couple of other platforms have launched as well. Squadcast has launched version 4 with a couple of features that sound interesting. They've got Dolby I.O. support and spatial audio. Is that spatial audio following Apple spatial
0: Yes, I'm not sure what their spatial audio is. I know that they have been working with a bunch of one-click audio masterings so that the audio quality will be as good as you possibly can. The big deal is up to 10 people in a session, which they've never had. And that's more people than Riverside actually do. So maybe there's an arms race there. But really good to see Squadcast continuing to iterate with their uh, tool as well. I think Dolby is doing some interesting things in terms of using their audio technology in ways that up until now haven't really been available to anybody other than very expensive professional gear. And all of a sudden they've opened up a bunch of APIs and anybody can actually jump in there. But it's great to see that that uh, Squadcast is innovating, as indeed Riverside FM is as well with their media board. All all competition is good in this particular space, I think.
1: The other one that's in this space is StreamYard. And the reason I only mention it is because I'm doing a conference in Marbella. And a friend of mine who's running it, Ralph, has used to do the big mobile conference in Barcelona. And he, he's running, I think in the last month, he's run 220 online conferences. And he's done them all with StreamYard. And for one reason only, he says, the quality isn't as high as Riverside or potentially a podcast. Mm. Squadcast, but it's a, it enables you to push the video to YouTube, LinkedIn, and onto Facebook Live. So I wonder whether these other platforms will also start to integrate to third party social media platforms.
0: That may well be the case. I learned about a new platform called Melon the other day. And Melon is a system which essentially does all of that, sending a video feed to a bunch of different platforms automatically. So that has been launched relatively soon. I think that there are two different sets of tools here. There's one set of tool, which is a remote recording tool, which Riverside is, which Squadcast is, and which others are as well, Zencaster and all of those. And then you've got additional services, which are particularly good for live for conferences, for those sorts of uh, tools. I think Podcast Day 24 used a combination of Zoom and a few other things as well in order to make that bit work. So I think those sorts of tools are really good, but I think they are different And I think you need to be careful to focus on the right tool for what you want to end up doing. As I say, any work in this space that actually continues to improve what the audience gets is always a good thing.
1: Great. It's competition. Now, one of the things that you talked about, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago now, James, was a climate category for Apple Podcasts. Seems someone at iHeartRadio might
0: have been listening Yes, correct. So it's not quite the same as a climate category that podcasts can add themselves to. But what iHeartRadio in the US has done is they have a climate category within the iHeartRadio app. So you can actually go in and find podcasts which are all to do with climate, which is great. It's the first major podcast app to have a category that is specifically around climate change. And that's a good thing. I found it interesting that Apple as a company, they're hugely excited about how green they are. They did all kinds of exciting things around Earth Day, which was earlier on this month, I think. They have a big environmental section of their website, which has lots of green in it, but they've not bothered putting a climate category into the podcast app yet. And I think that just be such an easy win for them and i'm not quite sure why they haven't bothered doing that yet but presumably they don't want to change any code while they're still making it work (laughs) which is the
1: other side maybe just exhausted developers
0: exactly and um, tell you what we've actually got some feedback we got a message sam oh you got me yes you can send us email questions at podland.news and here's one from benjamin richardson who works at RSS Podcasting at rss.com. He says, I was just listening to last week's episode of Podland News and thought I would let you and Sam know that we have a robot that we built to police for copyright content. Mm. We have it at 98% accuracy and it continues to improve based on machine learning. I was surprised, he says, to hear you say that others aren't doing that with shows that they host. Perhaps there are more doing it than we just don't know about. I love listening to the show. I love reading pod news daily. Thank you both for all your hard work.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Benjamin. We don't know if they're doing it. I guess that's the point. You may well be hearing James, but I'm not that people are having podcasts taken down for content violations. I haven't had any come back on anything I've seen or posted that said, Oh, that's a podcast violation. But I tell you what, if I stick anything up on Facebook uh, that's got any music in it, that has a audio element. I've instantly got the Facebook police. Op-
0: I know that anchor does have copyrights checking for music, but they don't have copyright checking for other podcasts, but they do have copyright checking for music and that's handy. But anchor has a rule, which is no music on anchor podcasts, regardless of whether or not you've got a license. If it's music in their database, then you will get thrown off. Eve, even if you've, paid for it and you think that you can use it legally so just worthwhile knowing that's the way that anchor works and they can work however they want to because they're anchor
1: what's interesting though with the apple channels is they actually give you an option when you create your podcast to say yes i have a license for copyrighted content within this podcast so you can actually check it and I've done that hmm. with several of my podcasts for the radio station, and then it gets green lighted. And yeah. I assume if they want to ever ask me for my PRS license, I will present it.
0: Yes, I'm not entirely confident that y- you are covered. But but yes, I think I think in terms of licenses, it's really hard. There's no programmatic way to check that anybody has a license. And I banged on about this a couple of shows ago, that it would make an awful lot of sense if there was a programmatic way of checking whether or not you had a license. The only problem is that actually the music industry isn't at a stage where it can give you licenses yet that work properly across the world. So until we're at that stage, then there's not much point playing around with how that tech might actually work. We need to wait for the music industry, as we've been doing for the last 15 years. We might as well carry on waiting there.
1: Exactly. Now, a little bit of uh, podcast 2.0 tech news. Oh, namespace talk. Yes. They've just posted that they've hit 4 million podcasts in the podcast index, but oddly only 640,000
0: were active in the last 60 days. Yeah, we've, you know, always known that the amount of shows which are still being updated is quite low. But there again, when you go into a bookshop, you don't only want the books which are still being written. You want some good books to read. And the same goes for podcasting as well. So yes, but it's nice to see that they've actually hit 4 million podcasts in the podcast index, which is good to end up seeing. I think there's a story behind this, which is essentially saying there are a lot more podcasts out there than exist in the Apple Podcasts directory, or indeed in the Spotify directory. And so that's just worthwhile knowing. But I think 640,000 updated in the last 60 days. I've actually asked them, can you possibly come back with a figure for 90 days? Because that's the normal figure that most people use in terms of uh, how these things work. Hopefully, they might come back and and fix that so that we can see a 90-day number as well.
1: Now, the godfather of podcasting, Adam Curry, so there you go. I've mentioned him already. He believes that podcasts require an open RSS feed and that other shows should be called netcasts.
0: What's Adam on about? So Adam believes very strongly that a podcast is only a podcast if it has an RSS feed and if it's open to everybody to um, listen to and exclusive shows, things on Spotify, things on Apple, paid for podcasts and stuff shouldn't be called podcasts and should perhaps be called netcasts. Now, netcast, of course, is what Leo Laporte used to call podcasts a long time ago when Leo A didn't like the fact that it was called after podcasts and B was a little bit worried at the time that Apple were going to trademark the term podcast, which was something that could have happened. I don't think they can now. So Adam is firmly on the line that a podcast is a, a technical definition, and that technical definition should include enclosure tags and RSS feeds. And that's fine. Adam can certainly have that point of view if he wishes. I have a view that whatever people out there call podcasts is probably what a podcast is. And we should maybe talk about open podcasts if we want to be strict and accurate in terms of whether or not something is an open podcast or a free podcast or an exclusive one. But that's the wonderful thing about this. You can have a good debate about what a podcast is. And Adam probably has rather more of a view than I do, given Adam's long history.
1: My one little claim to fame as I went to school with Ben Hammersley, Who came up with the term podcast? There
0: we are. I'm sure he had a wonderful moustache, even then. Probably. The other thing that Adam has said is that there will never be an Apple Podcasts for Android, and he has said this, and I have bet him one hundred thousand sats that there will be an Apple Podcasts for Android by the end of the year. That's not really an awful lot of money. But anyway, did you check um, with your
1: boss, the wife, before you made that?
0: But 100,000 sats, I reckon there will be an Apple podcast for Android by the end of the year. Absolutely adamant, Adam is adamant, that there will not be. So there we are. Sorry, you've lost that bet, Adam but that's how that works. Other news from uh, Podcasting 2.0, Castapod is now supporting the GUID tag that I witted on about last week in Podland. And Podserve.fm, which is a podcast host, now supports chapters and transcripts. The chapters, by the way, I was using one of the new Podcast 2.0 apps on my phone not so long back. And just being able to see the chapters appear when I was listening to the Podcasting 2.0 podcast, very impressive, really smart. And I think it's one of the things that I wish Pocket Casts or someone like that, someone who is a big podcast app on both iOS and Android would actually focus a little bit more on integrating some of the new podcasting Uh, 2.0 namespace tags, because that is the big difference between an also-ran that works pretty well the same as Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and something which offers people something additional and something special. But uh, it'd be really good just to see a bit more of the bigger podcast apps starting to integrate some of these tags, particularly chapters and transcript. They seem to be really obvious ones that have some real clear and simple wins. I, I add
1: the transcript of this show and chapterize it in Buzzsprout. Sadly, Apple no longer support chapters in the current podcasting app. And it doesn't appear in Spotify either as chapters. It's a
0: real shame. It's a real shame. And it'd be great if that happened. And a little bit of a plea, if there are techie people who are listening to this particular podcast, I would really like to make sure that my show art, my episode art works on Apple podcasts for pod news. And at the moment, my episode art does not. And I would really like to know what the magic incantation is for FFmpeg or whether there's something else that I need to install on my Mac that I can do with a command line. Don't point me towards the iTunes app. I'm not interested. But if there's something on the command line that I can use, I would love to know what that is. So if you think the answer, then please write it down on the back of a stamp Stamptown uh, envelope or a postcard and send it to... Questions at News. That would be really good. And I will share it with the, the, the rest of the c- community because even something as simple as episode artwork would be nice to be able to actually do.
1: Excellent. Now, James we're coming to the end of the show so what's been happening for you in podland this week
0: finally the end of the show i've been having good fun actually i was working with a french radio broadcaster the other day on the future of their radio brands which was fun i was uh, talking to another company about maybe helping them with some of the things that they're doing with their technology and i'm speaking on the i'm speaking for the podcast academy on july the 7th if you're in the US, July the 8th, if you're in Australia. Podcasting, a whole world of opportunity. Just pointing out that there might be more to the podcasting world than just the United States of America. So uh, if you are a member of the Podcast Academy, then it's free. You should come and watch. And if you're not a member of the Podcast Academy, then you should be. Go to thepodcastacademy.com and sign up, and I will see you on July the 8th What's happening for you in Podland this week, Sam?
1: Uh, eat, rinse, repeat, it feels. The radio station, clearly, which is taking up a lot of my time, but that's fine. The podcast that I shouldn't mention, you told me, because then it might actually make the podcast
0: charts about football. And Yes, don't mention it until it's time to launch. Yes. So <laughs> uh,
1: we've produced a few bits and pieces for that. So I'm looking forward to producing that and getting that one out. Very good. And that's pretty much it for me at the moment.
0: Excellent. That's all a good thing. And in terms of podcasts this week, I would recommend The Signal from the ABC. They had a really good story the other day, maybe even today, about financial scams and how there are lots of financial scams going on at the moment and even quite intelligent people are falling for them. It's well worth a listen. You'll find it in your podcast app probably under ABC The Signal. And that's it for this week. Come back to Podland next time. You can follow us in your podcast app or we're at podland.news on the web. If you have
1: any comments or questions, please tweet us at podlandnews or send us questions to questions at podland news if you'd like to be a guest on the show always ping us we'll love to hear from you
0: indeed and if you'd like daily news you should get pod news the newsletter's free at podnews.net the podcast is in your podcast app and that's where you'll find the links for all the stories we've mentioned this week our music is from ignite jingles we're hosted and sponsored by buzzsprout and riverside.fm
1: please tell your friends and colleagues about podland we'd love if they followed us and we'll see you all next week in podland